Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to The Delicious Podcast with me, Julie Smith, and a new series for the new year, Be a Better Cook, this week with Great British Bake Off, Martha Collison. I met up with her in her kitchen in Brighton to cook up one of her most popular recipes, a salted caramel sauce for brownies. So I am doing a batch of sweet and salty brownies. Um, Sweet and salt is such the in thing at the moment, it just makes everything taste great. So this is a brownie recipe with salty popcorn and pretzels and then a salted caramel sauce that gets slathered over the top. (laughs) It's pretty indulgent. So it's already made, you know, here in Blue Peter Styley, here's one you've prepared earlier, largely because we've only got 20 minutes for this and it does take a long time, doesn't it? It would have been a bit of a high speed bake, just getting (laughs) getting it baked and cooled. The best brownies, you always have to leave to cool completely before you eat them, which is torturous. But it's the best way, otherwise you don't get that lovely fudgy centre. Instead, you're kind of left with, it's a bit too hot and it doesn't cut properly. So that's the way you get those nice clean cuts. <laughs> ah, that's a top tip. What are the others? How did you actually make this? So I started by combining sugar. So I use caster sugar and soft light brown sugar because mm. you need that kind of, the caster sugar gives it a great structure, but you get that lovely kind of caramel flavour and extra stickiness from the soft light brown. Um, with some butter and you melt that in a saucepan until the two ingredients have kind of all melded together so the fat has completely mingled with the sugar and it's just starting to dissolve and that's kind of my little secret as to how to get them as chewy as possible without having to underbake them so you kind of start off that caramelization process it's almost like you're making a toffee before you add anything else so then add chocolate let that melt into it and allow it to cool then eggs go in makes a lovely batter and then flour and cocoa powder to give it that structure but not too much flour only 100 grams of flour Um, and then it goes into the oven 25 minutes this one I sprinkle over popcorn and pretzels before it goes in so they kind of melt into the top beautiful and it looks fantastic doesn't it and then what we're going to be doing today live is what we're going to be making a salted caramel sauce because Mm. it's the best thing in the world I have to ask, all you bakers, you're so tiny. How does that work? Do you just not eat what you bake? I think, I genuinely think it is that if you bake nice things, you tend to have a lot of friends, and then the friends eat the nice things that you bake. So I bake something, honestly, I'll bake this. I'm going to my sister-in-law's 30th birthday tomorrow, so I'll just go there, and I won't probably only have one tiny bit. But you have to do it. You have to do it. You have to give it away. You taste it all the time, surely. You do. I taste little bits. I just have a tiny portion. Mary Berry told me this tip. She said, you just have a small, you have full fat, but you just have a small piece. Good tip from Mary. So that's what I try and do. My husband, however, is going to be very large by the end of our marriage. <laughs> <laughs> He's not quite so restrained. So we've got the caster sugar going into the Yes, so we're going to have 250 grams of caster sugar. 
And I like to make caramel using the wet method, so where you use water to get it to dissolve. And I think it's good if you're a beginner because it kind of takes it a bit slower. It means that you have a bit more time to get it right and to stop the caramelisation process. If it's dry, when you just have the sugar in the pan, sometimes it catches or one bit's not been stirred. And when you try not to stir it and don't know what to do, it gets a little bit stressful. So we've got 250 grams of sugar and I'm going to add 100 millilitres of water. Now you've got a, one of those lovely kitchens. It's not terribly big, but it's just very well organised. You've got your big <laughs> island on one side and your stove on the other and masses of working space. Yeah, the workspace is fantastic because I can make quite a large mess. I actually find having a smaller kitchen is quite good for me because it makes me clear up as I go along <laughs> rather than making one catastrophically huge mess. <laughs> so this is going to go onto the hob now. I just want to stir it just so that the sugar and the water start to dissolve mm-hmm. and start to dissolve together. Um, there's all these stories about should you stir caramel, should you not, but actually you have to give it a little stir at the beginning to get it well mixed, otherwise you're going to end up with kind of a slightly uneven mixture. Yeah. Did Bake Off make you a different kind of baker? That's a great question. Um, I think it opened my eyes to different techniques. I think the thing with Bake Off is you send off your application form and you're maybe a baker who makes cupcakes once a week and occasionally attempts a French macaron. And then you get sent these briefs which ask you to make a biscuit scene in three dimensions and they ask you to research European cakes and come up with these 20-layered concoctions. And it's actually a bit... <laughs> you have to discover things. It's not so much, oh, I just made this at the weekend, it's just a loaf of bread. They yeah. want a filled loaf that has all kinds of exotic things. And then the, com- the competitive side, if you want to do something a bit different and a bit interesting as well. So you learn a lot. I did a lot of research in those years. And did you... Ha- I mean, you must have had an idea that that was going to be asked of you. It, was it a desire of yours to kind of go that route with baking? to go on tv and bake no no, i don't mean i mean that kind of you know that fast track into something quite different you know so you would have seen bake off by that time you would have seen that the research that they'd have done you'd you'd have had this sense that you know you'd have had to be that person yeah it's quite a leap isn't it is that what you were looking for was that that step up was what you were looking for or was it really that you wanted to be on telly and make a career as a baker i think it was the knowledge thing i loved baking and i applied just because i knew that Baking was my true love and I loved food. It wasn't just baking, I loved all kinds of cookery. And at school, the only thing that kept me interested was food technology. And I also loved science lessons because it would always link into food in some way or another. So that was where my passion came from and just this desire to learn. And actually, Bake Off is an incredible learning opportunity. Not only do you get faced with these challenges, but you're surrounded by researchers and producers who also love food, who are telling you all these little bits and pieces there's food stylists and home economists who are all coming together jobs that I didn't even know existed before this experience who have this wild knowledge of food and it just inspired me to think actually I want to know about all these different things you know they come over to you're having a nightmare with something because you're really and I was a very amateur baker at that point and you're having a nightmare with your caramel they'll come over and they'll say you shouldn't be using a non-stick pan try and use a uh, try and use this pan instead and you're like oh thank you <laughs> but you're learning all these things and they're out there to help you as well it's, yeah. it's a very friendly place and the other bakers on my series are all from such varied backgrounds so there's people from Indian descent there's people who live in all different parts of the country and they've all got their own spin on things so I just found it amazing that we'd all get given the same brief but you'd look around the room and all these different smells would be coming out and yeah. these different sounds and you'd see someone kind of cracking nuts and you're like 
never seen one of these before. <laughs> it's, I mean, I've always said that the reason I like those competitive cooking shows is because you do get that diversity, which you don't get on TV chef shows. You don't see different colours um, in the same way as you do on mm. Bake Off. And really, you're absolutely right. You learn so much about different styles of cooking, different attitudes to cooking, different attitudes to food culture as well. I mean, did they? Did different people come with picnics and things? Was there was there that sort of sociable element as well? Kind of. We weren't allowed to bring much from home. It was I, one thing I always found interesting was I'm quite a relaxed cook, so even with, with the whole Bake Off experience, you could bring essentially whatever equipment you wanted from home. But I'd literally turn up with one little spatula, which I find quite useful, and that would be it. But there'd be other people that would bring their whole kitchen that would come with these huge DIY trolleys full of every palette knife you could ever need because they were so much more into the detail yeah. I just remember the first week looking over and thinking oh my goodness <laughs> I need to be more prepared but everyone had their different approaches and different attitudes and you were allowed to bring like certain spices that was the thing there's an amazing lady called Chetna McCann on my series and she'd always turn up with these tiny little circle plastic pots full of these amazing spices oh. that she would just have labelled for each bake and so meticulously yeah. Yeah, designed. It was amazing. Yeah. So that's coming on very, very, very slowly. It is very slowly. So I'm just trying to very slowly dissolve the sugar and water together. You just want to heat them on a kind of medium-low heat. If you whack it up straight high at the beginning, you risk it crystallising and then you've caramel failing. So it's best to be patient. It's hard. (laughs) But you've got to do it. So I'm just waiting for that to go translucent. And as soon as it's translucent, up the heat goes. And then we wait for that lovely golden caramel colour. Great. So one of the lovely things that these... TV shows give you is the opportunity to to get involved with some really lovely charity work mm. or other work. You you've been involved with Tear Fund, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Um, as you say, you know, when you go on something as incredible as Bake Off, and I'd seen a few people in the past kind of gather a following, and I thought, wow, what can I what can I do with this? <laughs> it feels funny just to keep it to yourself. Um, and Tear Fund is a charity that I've loved for years, and my parents have supported doing incredible aid work across the across the globe really um so i had the privilege of going out last year to lebanon with them in the spring to see their work with refugees spend some time cooking with some of the families in their tents and just learn all about what they're doing to help relieve the pressure on these families and it was incredible such an amazing some lovely recipes i did yeah we just spent the most incredible few days going being welcome into their homes and the pride that you get from food and cooking your own food and sharing it, even living in circumstances which are far from ideal, the way that they kind of bought out their best china that they'd saved from their homes in Syria and presented these incredible dishes cooked over one stove. I mean, I feel like we're just so lucky with all the things that we have, but they had one stove between about 20 people and they made this amazing uh, Lebanese rice dish with chicken that had all been fried and a vegetable dish and handmade breads. It just blows your mind. Because food is about identity for them and, uh, you know, when everything's been stripped away, all you've got left is is food. Absolutely, and that's totally what it felt like. It was like, this is a piece of us, this is a piece of our culture and our heritage and you're going to experience that with us and we didn't speak any English and we didn't speak any of their language either so just through a translator but we sat without the translators and ate this meal but you didn't need to speak you just needed to eat and enjoy and feel part of their family just for a few moments so that's just about to turn then martha and you're starting to to weigh out the butter now i am yes i've got some nice salted butter i'm a bit of a cheeky baker because every real 
posh patisserie chef that you meet would say, always use unsalted butter. Always use salted. <laughs> I just love everything to be sweet and salty. And I find that because most people that cook my recipes are home bakers, it's, I remember when I was a home baker, I'd be reading recipe books and it says half a teaspoon of salt and I'll just forget so wouldn't bother with it right. or I wouldn't be able to find it so I wouldn't put it in and it affects the taste of bakes yeah. so much whereas salted butter everyone has anyway most people use salted butter for spreading on their toast and all kinds of things and it means you don't have to forget yeah. <laughs> so if you're trying to be really precise use unsalted and add the right amount of salt to taste but if you're like me and it's just easier and more convenient to just use the right <laughs> just use one kind in everything Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I just want 100 grams of butter. I'm going to cut it into little cubes so it incorporates a little bit better. Did you cook as a, as a child with your parents? Were they bakers? I cooked as a child a lot without my parents. <laughs> my parents are not the best cooks. My dad loves food. My mum doesn't care too much for it, but she's a good cook. She's a good savoury cook, but sweet things were not either of their forte. They just couldn't, they just said us. You'll just buy what, buy a cake or whatever. So why are you? Why did you become a baker then? I think I love. I lo- I'm a very hobby-led person, and I went through a phase when I was about eight or nine of just learning to cook and learning to bake. But it's a really useful skill to have, it and it was so one that stuck. So I'd been through all these other phases of trying gardening and trying all these different things and different sports. And my parents had watched me cycle. So I started to bake, and they thought, "Here we go again." <laughs> actually it continued and the more they let me learn I I credit a lot of it to them for allowing me to learn um, allowing me to make a mess because cooking as a child is not the most beautiful thing and I didn't make that nice that many nice things either they were always a little bit kind of grainy or burnt but they let me be creative and gave me a bit of scope to learn and to enjoy spending time in the kitchen and yeah they let me use the oven they let me use the hob and they let me I wasn't allowed to fry anything in hot oil that was my only rule <laughs> especially when they weren't there all make caramel which is funny because I'm doing now <laughs> I'm a real grown up <laughs> actually it's a quite a, a young person's thing I mean I, Bake Off was always very um, popular wasn't it with older people and younger people yes. my kids absolutely loved Bake Off right from when they were about 10 years old you know and I just noticed that whenever they had friends over they would always make brownies or something with all their friends oh, nice. and that's not unusual That's it certainly seems to be what young teenage girls seem to do did you bake with your friends 
Yeah, I would. I had. I used to um, love kitchen gadgets. Another thing that my parents did when I was younger was on my, you know, on the TV, you'd always see these adverts for like Mr. Mr. Slushy or like yeah. an ice cream maker. And you could always buy the real thing for pretty much the same price as the kiddie version that you had to wind with your hand. So it was, I remember one year, I was about 10, I was like, I really want to make ice cream. And there were these like 20 quid kiddie ice cream eggs we had to churn with your arm. And my yeah. parents were like, for £15, you can buy like a freeze the bowl ice cream maker. So they bought me one of those and covered it in little stickers so it looked a bit more fun. But then my friends used to come round. I used to know how to make an ice cream base. So I'd make the ice cream base, stick it in the churner, and then we'd just throw in whatever we could find as like a customization thing, bits of Kit Kats and Smarties, whatever. Almost like an experiment, kitchen experiment. So we used to do stuff like that. It was a lot of fun. Fantastic. I bet you were the most popular girl in yeah, school. Yeah, we used to come round a lot. <laughs> so funny. Right, that is starting to turn golden. When caramel starts to get these slightly bigger bubbles and the syrup is reduced, you're waiting for the sugars to turn golden and you can smell that happen often before you can see it so you start to smell the way that they've started to turn slightly bitter and that's when you know so a lot of people will be really concerned about caramel how do I know it's ready but you'll smell the caramel when it's ready at the moment it just smells like sugar but it will start to smell caramelized so this is the cream that you're measuring out now it is indeed so we just need some double cream and we need 125 milliliters of that I tend to weigh everything rather than measure it with a measuring jug or anything because it's very difficult to do it by eye and because a gram is the same as a milliliter life is a lot easier if you just mm. use the scales we were talking about these induction hobs and neither of us have particularly taken with them <laughs> they seem to take a much longer time if you were cooking this on gas you would cook it quite slowly wouldn't you Yes, you'd but need to. it would to. probably be quite quick to yeah. actually turn. Yeah, it would. On gas, it would turn much quicker. I guess the benefit of an induction or electric hob in this case is that even if it's on a high heat, it will turn slightly slower. With a gas hob, which kind of licks around your pan, everything gets hotter much quicker. So you've yeah. got to be more conscious yeah. of keeping a close eye on it because burnt caramel is an absolute nightmare to and, and when it gets <laughs> And when it goes, it really goes very yes. quickly, doesn't it? it go, yeah, you just have to take your eye off it for a few minutes, so... It's one of those things to make when you know you've got a bit of time to stand at the hob. (laughs) Now, I'm getting that smell now. Yes, it's starting to turn, and I always want to take it slightly further than you'd think, because especially when you're putting on something rich and sweet like a brownie, you need that kind of slightly bitter umami taste from the salted caramel to help offset it. If you take it off when it's too sweet, you'll have a kind of very pale, sugary caramel, which doesn't quite do the same thing. So I want that really rich golden colour. I make these in the winter time and add a little bit of treacle to the caramel at the end so it has a kind of richer taste and then a little bit of dried fruit in the brownies and it gives you that kind of uh, unctuous winter feel that's like golden treacle isn't it 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 really is just gorgeous smell gorgeous color so we're looking for an amber color you just want to swirl your pan gently so that it mixes together so that one area hasn't gone a bit too hot so it gives it a nice combine We're nearly there now. Then you want it to just start almost smoke, but not quite, because you don't want that burnt fl- burnt flavour. Okay. Right. I'm presuming everything's going to get much, much quicker now, isn't it? <laughs> yes. So now we're going to have the bubbles. We've hit that lovely caramel colour that I'm after, so we're going to take it off the heat, mm-hmm. and the butter is going to go in, and now we're going to get bubbles. Ooh, that adding the butter in there, that suddenly just made it a very different beat hasn't it? <laughs> it has it froths up like almost like you're making a honeycomb oh my gosh 
so you just want to just <laughs> you want to just use that wrist action to get it to combine no stirring uh, I'm not going to stir at this point. I just find it a little bit easier and gentler on the caramel if mm-hmm. you can just use your wrist to gently swirl it in. And it should all meld together. You shouldn't have a greasy layer on the top. It should have become one lovely thing. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to add in the cream. Now that's all lovely and combined. And that's going to make it saucy rather than toffee. Right. Now these are treats. I mean, I'm just thinking about how much sugar, how much fat is going in this. This is just it is a treat. treat. It is a treat. This is a treat dessert. But that's the kind of baking I do. It's it's a treat. It's not healthy, and I'm not ashamed to say that. <laughs> you got to have nice things sometimes, don't you? You do. Right, do you that want... cream is going in. The cream is going in. Now you're really whisking that. Now the cream has gone in. It's changing colour all the time. It's gone from a golden treacle to a sort of that, that amber, but into an orange, and now it's very beautifully sort of um, golden brown, isn't it? It is. It's a really lovely golden brown colour. And then the final thing that we add in here is our lovely salt. Now I find it interesting because whenever I do festivals and I make something with salted caramel in it, somebody always asks a question. Says. Why does it need to have salt in it? Why do you have to put salt in everything? But I don't think people realise they've been eating salted caramel for years and years. It was just never referenced as salted caramel. It was just called caramel. If you ate this caramel sauce now, it's got salted butter, so it would still be tasty. Yeah. But it would just be so sickly. And if you poured it on top of sweet things like ice cream, it would just be such a sickly thing. But all of the butter caramels, Werther's Originals, anything we've been eating growing up, all those things have got salt in them. <laughs> salt has always been added to sugary things to help I make it taste. That. <laughs> and that stops it being so gooey or what? what, how does it, what Cloying, does it? I'd say. I okay. think when caramel, if you just eat it straight out where it hasn't had anything, it's like if you make... Uh, a cake with just unsalted butter and don't add salt mm. it just misses that slight something it doesn't awaken your taste buds in the same way you get left with kind of it just makes it quite bland <laughs> so you That's need it but it just it's often like older people who will just say why do you need salt yeah. in that caramel and it's like it's been there all along it's just now it's kind of the in thing to reference yeah. it <laughs> i mean i probably go a bit the other way and add salt to everything but <laughs> i do love it so waiting for that just to cool slightly and then I've got flakes of sea salt. So I always use flakes rather than table salt because it just distributes through the caramel much more easily and it's not quite as aggressively salty. Mm -hmm. I'll start by adding a pinch. Just crumble it between your fingers, crumble those flakes in. And then whisk it in. And then the very last thing, once you've got your salt in there, use a teaspoon to just put one little bit onto a plate. Remember, it's still quite hot. Mm-hmm. Spread it out to get it to cool down and then give it a taste. Just to check those salt levels. I think mine needs a tiny bit more. So that's what we're going to add. Mm-hmm. It's always best to taste as you go along rather than add it all in in one go because you can't unsalt it once it's gone in. <laughs> yeah. Then you're going to presumably just leave it to cool. And what are you going to do with the actual brownie? So the caramel sauce will be left to cool and then it will be drizzled over the top of the brownie and then that gets left to set. So the caramel is what draws together the pretzels and the popcorn and the brownie. It makes it into one lovely even layer. So I've got a little bit left over from the last time I made this recipe. So I'm going to drizzle that over the top. <laughs> it's indulgent, but this is one of the most popular recipes I've ever written. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, thank you very much for sharing it with us. 
Thanks for listening to The Delicious Podcast. Next week, I'll be finding out how to be a better cook with the 2013 winner of MasterChef for Professionals, Stephen Edwards, at his stunning restaurant, Etch in Hove. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.